Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Well, welcome to Dilly Ding Dilly Dong, the Leicester Mercury's Leicester City podcast. Uh, This week joining me is James the Sharp End Sharp. And we're going to be looking at uh, Leicester City's uh, involvement with England yeah. and uh, what could happen for England and Gareth Southgate going forwards, as well as discussing all the latest news from the King Power Stadium. So, James, let's kick off with everybody's yeah. talking about the World Cup. Yeah. England are in the quarterfinals yeah. after a dramatic penalty shootout. And at last, they've won one. Yes, they have. Um, I do feel a bit sick going through it. It felt like all those, the same scars again with the late equaliser. From Colombia, and then going to penalties, and then um, and then Henderson having one saved. We thought, oh, they're not again. But this squad seems different. It seems like it's got the mental strength. It's not weighed down by baggage of previous competitions. They've got a, a spirit and a belief and togetherness, which seems to carry them through, and they're performing well as well. And it's got a huge monkey off the back hasn't it I mean whatever happens from now I think a lot of fans will be will be thinking that this has been a success regardless because they've got over that hurdle of losing penalty shootouts they've shown a development from former but do you think though looking at the draw people are not now satisfied with quarterfinals they think English should be going further now with Sweden next quite significantly significantly Mm. below them in the uh, FIFA rankings and then possibly yeah. Russia or Croatia in the semi-final people are now talking about going all the way well it is coming home isn't it I told you this before I told you it is coming. I've been there it is coming home I've worn I've brought the overpriced shirt mate I've been there and it always ends in tears tears of joy this time well I hope home. I hope you're right James I, yeah, hope, I, I hope your youthful optimism is uh, is over uh, my sort of negativity and uh, cynicism but they are on the right side of the draw and Southgate's gamble to rest all those players has paid off now because they've got past Colombia, which looked like the biggest threat on that side of the draw, at least until the semi-final stage where Croatia could come in. And you look at it and go, yeah, they should beat Sweden. They should beat Sweden. And that's a semi-final. And then you'd back them. Croatia are a very good side with an excellent midfield of Rakitic and Perisic uh, and Modric. But there is a chance here that we could see England in a semi-final and a World Cup final. How, how crazy is that? Well, certainly got an, a Leicester City influence yeah. in that squad, Jamie Vardy and Harry Maguire. Harry Maguire in particular uh, got rave reviews for his performance against Colombia. Um, he certainly was in the thick of a lot of the action as well, wasn't he? And uh, he's really enhanced his reputation during this World Cup. Yeah, he has. Um, it's something that we, as, as followers of Leicester City, saw all last season. It's what fans of Hull saw before them and what fans of Sheffield United saw before them. Is that Harry Maguire is a, is a brilliant footballer. And now England knows it and now the world knows it because he's doing it on the top stage. And I got a bit, a bit miffed really listening to all the build-up and a lot of the pundits and some of the journalists talking and breaking down what the threats of Colombia. And all of them were saying, oh, the idea of Falcao running it. Maguire scares me. Oh, what if Falcao gets behind Maguire? Picking out Maguire is that potential weak link in that back three. 
which I thought was unfair for, to begin with. But then he just he proved them he proved them all wrong by with his best performance at the tournament so far in in defence and. Fakhar hardly really got a sniff. I know people say, well, maybe Mina got on the back of him for the goal, but Maguire was marking someone else. And, and Mina's third goal of the tournament. Yeah. He's obviously a threat. But then even even an extra time when a lot of those players looked like they were losing confidence or they were, or they were flagging energetically, there was Maguire still waltzing out from the back with the ball at his feet and doing exactly what Southgate wanted his defenders to do. And it's great to see, isn't it? I mean, I know, the, the only problem is... When you shine on the biggest stage, that puts you in a shop window. That's the only. That's the only downside to seeing it because we're all so proud of him because he's he's a less he's a Leicester City player and he's and he's he was one of Leicester, uh, one of England's best players. I, I know you said there about um, it annoys you that people pick him out as a weakling, but it annoys me when Leicester players do particularly well, and you get reports saying he's got to, they've got to go. It's happened to Casper Smyker as well after his performance for Denmark. It's happened to be Musa, and like people saying, um, "Oh, he's got to go there now. He's got to go to Liverpool. He's got to go to Man United. He's got to go to Man City." It's as if Leicester City aren't allowed to have good players, you know. And it's like automatically they can just leave as well. It's the Danny Murphy syndrome. Isn't it, it is, you know. Oh, they're too good for now. Now they're too good for Leicester City. Well, yeah, Leicester City are top ten Premier League side, and um, it's at Leicester City where Casper Michael's become Danish number one. It's at Leicester City where Aaron Maguire became an England international. And Jamie Vardy, who we're going to discuss in a, in a second. So, and where Riyad Mahrez became went from a second tier four hundred thousand pound bargain buy to being one of the best players in the Premier League in the world. It, it's at Leicester where they've had that grounding. So, I mean, why would they? What should, why should they go to big clubs? Look, at, ask Danny Drinkwater this question. Danny Drinkwater could well have been. I remember he used to play football, didn't he? Yeah, he, he now just picks splinters out of his bottom. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that uh, he's another one. Who got, who got attracted by the bright lights and empty promises of these big clubs? Where had he stayed at Leicester, he could well have been on that plane. He could well be a part of this England squad, but he's gone somewhere where they believe it's much better and brighter, and, and you get better chances at these bigger clubs. Now, I can't remember the last time he, he tied his boots up. Well, we'll get to Riyad Mahrez in a minute, but one player that certainly isn't leaving Leicester City, he is Mr Leicester City. And yeah. Unfortunately, he's got an injury now, Jamie Vardy. Came on the second half, um, pulled a groin problem. He was down to take that fifth, crucial fifth penalty. Couldn't take it because of the injury. Eric Dyer makes history. That could have been Vardy. I know, him. yeah. We, we, we were all watching it. I don't know about you, but I, we were watching it going, it'll be Vardy next. We thought it might be second. We knew it became first, and we thought, it could be Vardy. And then next one, we'll be Vardy next. And then when he got to the fifth one, and it was Dyer striding forward, we all thought, why has he not taken one? And he got, Vardy got a lot of stick on social media for before people knew that he'd be, he'd be, he was injured, saying, oh, he's, he's bottled it. Can't believe Vardy's bottled it. He takes them for Leicester. Why is he not taking them here? Our Vard is a lot of things. He's a he's a rustler, and he likes to get in people's faces, and and all that kind of stuff that annoy. One thing he's not is a bottler. He's, he's come through it the hard way. He's, he's, he's had so many challenges and, and obstacles in his path, and he's not shied away from any of them. So, when we then, well, there were pictures, weren't they, of him holding his groin, which we thought, hang on, there might be a bit of an issue here. And then we got the word that he had suffered that groin injury that stopped him taking the penalty. What, what moment it would have been, though, had it been Vardy that, that stuck it? Well, away? he might still have a, another moment. Um, yeah. 
we understand he's a real doubt for the game in Sweden. He's had an injection in his groin to try and settle it all down, but the uh, England medical staff are working on it. But it looks unlikely that he's going to be able to feature against Sweden. It'd be um, it'd be sad if that is the end of his World Cup. But um, I know you're very optimistic it won't be. No, no. If, I mean, it, groin strains are always uh, always tricky injuries, and it would be a shame if it's if it's his last appearance because we've not really seen. I've not really seen the best of him. I don't think he's performed poorly when he's come on for England. Um, I know uh, the, the Belgium game wasn't great, but I, I don't think he was really that. He wasn't really poor. He's not done anything badly. But we haven't seen the best of him. We've not seen the Vardy that we all know and love getting in behind those defences, causing those defenders problems, showing everyone what he can do. I'd love to see him get a goal before the end of the World Cup. If this is the end of it because of injury, that that would be sad. But England are going all the way, so there's going to be more games left for him to play. Well, away from Russia, um, it's been uh, the start of pre-season this week at the King Power Stadium. All the players, except for the internationals yeah. and the ones that played in games after the 2nd of June, have been back for testing and the start of pre-season uh, at Beaver Drive. Um, there's been a lot of the uh, lads that um, we're, we haven't seen for a while. Papi Mendy's been there. Yeah, Kaputska's yeah, been there. Yeah, Leo Ujo is there. The only ones that aren't there are obviously the 10 that have been in World Cup action. Riyad Mahrez, Islam Samani and Danny Martin. I understand that Amate is now uh, in training. So um, that leaves just the 10 and Slamani and Mahrez. Now, whether we actually ever see Mahrez down Beaver Drive again um, looks doubtful because it looks like the uh, deal to take him to Manchester City is edging closer. From what I understand, um, it's still there's still some aspects of that that's got to be completed, but it is inching closer. Oh, I wouldn't go... Because th there's been reports, isn't there, in certain areas of the press that... Medical could be coming this week, and it's going to be wrapped up soon. Is it? What's your understanding? Of it? Well, from the people we talk at both clubs, um, they're not that optimistic. It's getting closer, so I imagine that's agent-driven, um, giving the, the journalist that steer. But it does look like there's a fee. Sixty million pounds looks like it's enough to take Riyad Mahrez to Manchester City now. And considering they were uh, asking eighty million uh, in January, uh, they've dropped that quite substantially now. So Man City are getting a good bargain here. But it's a very different scenario to when Man City came knocking you know, at the end of the transfer window in this middle of the season. You don't want to lose your best player. I think Leicester City were right to ask for a, such an inflated price then. Now they've gone for £60 million, which I still think is a bargain. I still think that's, I think that's too low. I think it's too cheap. I know he obviously wants to go, so that might make you drop your price a little bit. It's not in the past. but I would imagine there'll be clauses in there. Though, yeah, I'm, I'm, for, ho for I'm hoping there's add-ons. I mean, I'd like to hope there are some significant add-ons in there um, because... A flat sixty million pound only fee, I still think is ludicrously low for a player who, as we said a lot, is one of the most creative players in the Premier League. The o the only player to get double figures in goals and assists in two of the last three seasons. His return record is up there and surpasses a lot of those big name stars at big clubs who get all the plaudits. Mar is is his figures are still above them yeah. but he doesn't come but he hasn't commanded the top top fee which I think is a shame I know we've all got short memories and we look back and remember when Heskey was sold for 11 million all those years ago and we thought blimey that is that's a serious wedge and who ever thought a Leicester player would get sold for 60 million pounds none of us ever did having said all that I still think it's low for a player of his quality. Well, what I keep getting thrown at me is that um, Leicester City only paid £400,000 for him, so therefore they shouldn't be asking for such a high 
price for Mares. And I say it's irrelevant what they paid for him. Completely irrelevant. It's what he's worth now. Correct. And what he's achieved at Leicester City that makes him what he's worth now. A Premier League winner, Ballon d'Or top 10 nominee, PFA Player of the Year. It wasn't those when he was £400,000. Since he's been at Leicester City and been developed by Leicester City, that he's emerged into this player that can command a fee of £60 million and above if Leicester City really wanted to play hardball. But it looks like they've softened their stance after the last few transfer windows and the turmoil that uh, that, that sort of generated. Certainly the, the last time in January, that caused a lot of problems, didn't it, for a number of weeks. And City's form did tail off yeah. on the back of that. So it looks like now they just think it's best for all parties if Mares moves on and... Uh, then the search begins for his replacement, and but I think it's impossible to replace him. I think they'll um, they'll try, but I don't think there's anybody out there that fits his boots. Yeah, we have, we I mean we mentioned this on a previous podcast in that it's difficult because as we said, Morris' his returns are so high compared to everyone else. He believes that he deserves to be a bigger club than Leicester. So anyone who is currently at his level would also either be at a bigger club than Leicester or feel they deserve to be at a bigger club than Leicester. So finding a like-for-like like replacement who has his quality already there, ready to go, is not impossible. So the question then is, do they go for a... Do they look to get someone who has potential, who can be a slow builder and bank on the likes of Damari Grave, Sonny Diabati, Mark Albrighton, to share the load a little bit, James Madison? To share the load a bit, or do they look to bring in someone like I know you wouldn't mind seeing him like someone like Shakiri, who is pretty much like for like, but not as good. No, he's not as good. Do you do you go for that, or do you look to to, to build from what you've got? That's the question. Then, he's a potential match winner, but he's also frustrating as well. Yeah, to watch him if you watch Riyad is as well, but he is Riyad is still I think he's a more match more, still more consistent than Shakiri. Yeah, but I, talking about uh, Madison, yeah. I, I went down to the fan store, the opening of the fan store on Sunday, and I met Leicester City's new um, signing. Um, sat down with him for about five minutes, and uh, he, he came across really well. Good hair, he's, yeah. But he's got one arm full of tats, but they all mean things. He's very family orientated. He's got the support of his family. Um, they live locally in Coventry, major factor in why he yeah. chose Leicester City, but also to win things. And he, he's certainly confident. He's not lacking in no. self belief. So um, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, how he performs I think there's a lot of fans quite excited to see the young lad yeah because that area that number 10 area is a is a, is a position where Leicester or Claude well has struggled to find exactly what he wants and because of his desire to keep the ball and, and the possession based style that number 10 is so crucial because he needs someone who gets the ball and can use it and get it forward whereas if that number 10 isn't isn't working it just keeps going sideways he tried Okazaki there, he tried um, Diabati there, he tried Gray there, he tried Mares there, um, he tried everyone there, and he didn't quite have what he wanted. It used to be Okazaki that used to be the best ball for Vardy, but then that was in the days where they didn't have much of the ball and he wanted to press and harass. Now he wants someone who has the ball, can use it and can create. And Madison certainly did that in the Championship. The question is, can he push it on to the Premier League. Well, well certainly hope he, he can and uh, and hits the ground running as well. Although he's got a little injury at the moment, he's got a mm. knee injury which is uh, stopping him from full training at the moment. So we might not see him in the first pre-season friendly at uh, not well, the, the first pre-season friendly yeah. will be behind closed doors 
at their training camp, I should imagine. But um, perhaps we will see him on the 21st yeah. in Notts County, but we'll wait and see. But I also uh, spoke to two other uh, Leicester City players, both at the different ends of the spectrum in terms of their careers, Hamza Chowdhury and Wes Morgan. Uh, massive season for Hamza and yeah. for the, those under-23s that are knocking the first-team door. They really need to make the breakthrough now, don't they? Or they need to then move on to further their careers. Hamza broke into the side at the end of last season, but there's eight players, potentially, who could be playing centre midfield for, for City next season. It's going to be difficult. He's one of them. It is, and I think his performances at the end of last season were, I thought were excellent, really. And he showed just why there's a lot of buzz around him being one being one for the future. I remember years ago there was talk of like Barcelona looking at him, weren't there? Mm. But he showed just what he's got and how much he is one for the future. And I can knowing that Club well is the kind of player that's already shown he likes to bring youth through, I can see him putting Chowdhury above the likes of Matty James, who he does like, Andy King in the pecking order. I can see Chowdhury going in at maybe not starting level because you've got the likes of Ndidi and Ibor and Silva, but he will be in that group of first of first choice first team midfielders, I think. So I think it will be he's going to have a good season. I think. Well, it's going to be a hugely important pre-season for him. With ten lads coming back at different mm-hmm. times um, during the pre-season, he's going to get an opportunity to impress the manager with those guys not around with without a Silva around at the time and uh, Ndidi as well. So he's going to get some game time in the pre-season. He's got to be able to impress. Uh, the other guy I spoke to, Wes Morgan. Now, yeah. Wes, 34 years old. Uh, a lot of people aren't expecting him to play as big a role this season with Johnny Evans arriving yeah. at the club. But I get the impression he's up for the challenge. He's come back in great shape. He looks like he's been uh, working all through the summer on uh, on his physique. And uh, I think he's up for the challenge, although he admits... Does he? I was going to say, what? Yeah. I was going to say a lot, obviously a lot of fans were frustrated by the amount of game time he had and... It did look as though Wes's body is catching up with him a lot. He's played so many games of football. He's played, what, over 650 mm. professional first-team appearances for Leicester and Forest. Having played nearly every minute of every game for Leicester, he's still over 100 appearances behind his Forest total. So there's so many miles in those legs with very few injuries. From chatting to him, how does he feel? see his body how does he see his role well he knows he's not uh, the, the the young lad that used to get lost in the woods on pre-season runs anymore he knows he's, you know, he's, it's a different uh, scenario for him now um, he's got to look after himself he's got to be professional but I, I don't think he's going to give up his shirt uh, easily at all I think he's going to really battle in pre-season and try and impress uh, Claude Poole after having a break because he hasn't had many um, summer breaks has he really um, and it was interesting, I also spoke to Steve Walsh and, and Steve Walsh said, uh, it goes back to when Peter Taylor bombed him out of the club and he said, you know, I still had something to give. He said, even if I wasn't on the pitch, my presence around the dressing room, I could have helped the situation. And he hopes that Wes Morgan has a similar role. A City might not be out on the pitch all the time uh, this season, but he's certainly got a big role behind the scenes and in that dressing I room. Think that's the most, I think that is the most important thing with, with for Wes at this moment in time and his role in the club is that that his influence in the dressing room is something that I think a lot of fans were getting frustrated by his constant selection in the team. I think that's something that they overlooked a little bit and didn't and didn't appreciate just how important a figure he is in that dressing room. He is hugely respected by his teammates and is such a massive, massive part of that team and are now part of the club. You can't just get rid of that. 
it's crucial for him to be there to help the new breed come through, to help offer that advice and that experience and that influence to that to the club, whether that be on the field or especially off it. That's gonna be he's gonna play a huge role in bringing this new this new crop through. Well, they're back in training. The new season is not far away. We haven't got long to wait. And whilst we're waiting, we've still got the excitement of England and Harry Maguire and Jamie Vardy in Russia going for the uh, the World Cup. James thinks it's coming home. It I'm not so sure. Join us next time and we'll know for sure. <laughs>